Welcome to Kashris on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashris Magazine. And tonight's special guest will be Rabbi David Goldstein, because we're going to be discussing Tubishvat, which is in just two days. And we, we have a new list of uh, bug-free Tubishvat, which came out from Rabbi Moshe Vaya from Eretz Israel the English version. Now, there's a Hebrew version and an English version. You might have seen these around already. The Hebrew version has much more to do with Eretz Israel, maybe other countries, but the English version is the one that we want to represent and talk about tonight, which discusses many of the issues that we've been talking about in the recent months, and also uh, discusses uh, many things that we haven't been talking about, which everybody does need to know, not all negative, Bar Hashem, a lot of it positive, and that's where I'm going to work from tonight on the positive side. And, and that's why I have my special guest, Rabbi David Goldstein. You there, Rabbi Goldstein? Yes, Shalom Aleichem. Aleichem Shalom, Rabbi Goldstein. Thank you very much for joining us. This Tu Bishvat, we want to make sure we do everything right, and then we'll be doing it right for the rest of the year. So I see this list that came out from Rabbi Vaya, which I, I, I think you're involved with as well. And it's a very, very good list because it helps us tremendously. And I want to discuss the issues with you as we go along. So I hope you have your list in front of you. And if not, I think you know it by heart. <laughs> <laughs> first of all, first of all, I'll tell you a little bit for all your listeners. Baruch Hashem already, and I think I'm already a common guest on the radio show by now. Um, you know, this Chodesh is Chodesh Shvat. Yes. And I saw this beautiful word, you know, it's perfect to say it over on the show for this for this month. Shvat makes Shamrain Barchain Taharin. If you uh if you don't mind to explain it in English. Shamrain Shamrain Shvat Shamrain Barchain Taharin. Right. The Shamrain if you keep go ahead, you wanna say go ahead. Uh, if you can translate it in English over with please. Shamrain Shomrim. 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 The, the people who watch, they're going watch. to have a bracha, and they're going to have tahara. They're going to have, they're, they're going to get, they're going to get a blessing, and they're yeah. going to be, they're going to become pure. My grandfather, the old school, your Rebbe Zuchon always used to say on Tu Bishvat, a famous story from the Baal Shem Tov. He used to say, is, um, the Baal Shem Tov was once in the middle of the winter in an inn, inn is a Kreitschman Yiddish. And on the way, there was another Jew who uh, came into the inn, came into the inn, and uh, he was hungry, and he comes in, he sits down on the table over there, and he says, bring me food. And they brought out some cake, and he, like, makes, like, a bracha, almost, almost like, a, almost bracha, Hashem, not even able, <clears throat> not even able, you know, to hear the whole bracha, and he eats into the cake. So Hashem goes over to him and tells him, Rebid, you understand, is, you know, sometimes Neshama's souls come back into food. <laughs> when they come back to food, you should make a brach on them. When you make a brach on them, they have a tikkun. They go up to the next level of gener- the next level of Shemaim. And the uh, guy fainted. After he fainted, they brought him back. He says, why did he faint? He says, today's my father's yurt site. Wow. And it was most probably a tikkun. And the shum wasn't that food. So that's why we say shvab. We say shamraim. If you heat, barcham, you make the brach, taharim, then the shum could go up. But we have another explanation. How we could put it down is shamraim. If we, heat, if we watch what we eat, we make sure we don't eat any bugs in our foods. Barachim, we make a good bracha, taharim, then you come holy. Very good. Very, very nice. 
both, both shots are very, very nice. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think most people, uh, when they approach the matter of food, we talk about from Torah mitzvahs Jews who always were from their whole life, when they approach the, the mitzvahs, about, uh, the, the Indian of food, they think that people like myself and yourself are trying to take away uh, the, the, take away our foods from us. And that's how people view it. And, and, and in the truth of the matter, it's exactly the opposite. I know Rabbi Vaya very well. You know him much better. But I know Rabbi Vaya very well. The whole approach was not to asser, but to find the derech, find a way in which to prepare the foods. And all that work that we're doing together, we have the ladies' programs, we have men's programs, all that work is to try to tell people how to do it, not to say don't eat. If we could say don't eat, then we'll just go, go buy positive and, and, or don't eat this vegetable at all. We don't say that. We say, here's how you have to check it if you want to eat it. And I, th- I think it's really beautiful when you see some of these things that Rabbi Vaya did. He doesn't say, and then check it. He says, now it's ready to eat. You did what you were supposed to do. Now it's ready to eat. Not everything always needs checking. Sometimes things needs cleaning. Or sometimes they need checking and cleaning. But the, but, but the whole effort is to try to make things available. And Rabbi Goldstein, you've made yourself available to a lot of people. I just want to let the listeners know that Rabbi Goldstein is available for special for training individual or groups of men. You can contact us at the office. That's the Kashrus Magazine office. And we have ladies' groups. That on the ladies' groups, I just want to give a quick report. Baruch Hashem, we've had a few successful ladies' groups, and we hope to have more. But I decided we're going to make a little bit of a change. And that is that women who are interested in joining the program, that means it's one time, it's a couple of hours, and we try to find a t- time which is mutually acceptable to you. You can do that, but, but we're not going to be able to return phone calls the way we were doing before. It's just too time-consuming. You can call our office, leave your name, and give your email address. And we'll contact you. If you don't have an email address, I just can't afford the times back and forth. But we're missing people. We're, we're calling in the day. You're calling at night. It doesn't seem to work. So if you want to contact us, either women or men, to get, have some of these training programs, you can leave, men can leave the telephone number. And if women want to sign up, they should leave their email address because then we're going to contact you through emails and let you know when a program is available and you'll decide if it will work for you. The men usually have one-on-one or a couple people together. The women have a, gr- a group program, about 10 people, not, not more. So that's something that if anybody wants to join, the, either men or as an individual or with a few people, or women, you join the group and choose it if, when, when it's available. But the, but the women, we really do need to get email addresses. So our number at Kasha's office is 718-336-336. 8544. Again, 718-336-8544. You can leave your information on the telephone, or if you want to email us, it's even easier. It's just kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S, at AOL.com. And the number again is 718-336-8544. Now, I'm not going to take callers until Rabbi Goldstein and I had a chance to discuss a lot of these things, and then we will take calls on every topic. Rabbi Goldstein, I'd like to go... I'm sorry, go ahead. First of all, let's reiterate um, the subject we just spoke about. Um, people, they will like to check themselves, certainly in iceberg, cabbage, any kind of products, because they like it of quality or they like their own kind of brand, what they like to buy. 
this is the reason why we make these courses. We don't make these courses just, you know... Uh, and tell them it's a problem, not to tell them it's a problem. It's a problem. We, yeah. we try actually to teach them how to check it themselves. And sometimes it's very hard because, you know, um, there's so much knowledge that goes into a piece of lettuce, it's not to believe. And one piece of remaining lettuce, you have an aphid, a trip, a mite, and a leaf mine. You know, if somebody's not familiar with the aphid, the mite, and a leaf mine, and a trip, shouldn't, uh, you know, touch any lettuce before they teach how to wash, how to clean, and what to inspect for. And another thing, like, Rabbi Goldstein, the size is very important. You know, if you're trained, you can see something much smaller than you would ever have spotted on your own. It, it, it's uncanny. When you look at something, uh, a vegetable, and, and you're looking for a bug, you expect to see some kind of rhinoceros coming. It's a small little thing. And you get, you're not trained to find the, uh, in the background where it's sometimes lost in the, uh, in the color, similar color, or the size. You're, you're, if when, you're, when you're shown that, that insect, you see, I see that. In fact, sometimes you see them moving. So there's no question you'll see it. But without that training, it's absolutely rare that people will do this on their own. I, I mean, I, I, I suppose in the old days, the mother used to take the daughter and show her this is a bug. And that's how they found. And I, I speak to women, and you do also. I speak to women, and they tell me, I've never seen a bug. So I'll tell you, they've never been trained. Usually, when people tell me they never see bugs, I tell them, Baruch Hashem, right now we have so many places where we teach Meshkichim, and Flatbush and Park and Five Towns, Monty, Monroe, Williamsburg, all these places we teach Meshkichim. So I always tell women, if you want to see the bugs, go into the store, right. ask for Meshkich, tell them to show you the bugs. Baruch Hashem, not all places, but a lot of big places have trained Meshkichim by us. And very very successful. If you want to see leaf miners and celery, leaf miners and scallions, anything you want to see, you could go over and ask them if you can them, please show me a bug. It could start to get you a little bit familiar what we're talking about when we talk bugs. Besides, I had a question by a Rav lately by email, and he asked me, how long does it take to train somebody? And that's a very basic question. How long does it should take to train somebody? My answer was, from one hour to nothing. What does it mean? Some people, they learn it in one hour and they know it. It ticks. They, they have the eye. They know what we're talking about. They know how to work. They check. People spend them so many hours and hours and hours and they never, they never get it. They never grab it. So it's, it's a basic question. Some people, they come to the shoe. They're very successful. Some people, they go home very unhappy, unfortunately. Well, this this, this leads me to a. I really wasn't planning to discuss all this, but it, this leads me to an interesting question. What is called, yeah. uh, you know, normal vision and ability? The Torah wasn't given over to twenty mashkichim. When the the chiyuv the rabbanon have and the chiyuv men Torah was for each Jew. I don't think in the old days they had uh, people buying lettuce packaged that was checked by somebody else. I think every housewife used to do it in their own home or every husband or whatever it is that there wasn't such a thing like we have today with these big supermarkets and you go in and you buy something that a mashkiach did thousands of uh, uh, leaves and he, and he, and he gave his hashkoch on it we didn't have that and, and yet the plain housewife in Europe was able to spot these things and, and that's, that's considered normal so why should it be that it's so hard to train somebody on that level maybe they're not trained well enough to be Mashkichim in a restaurant for eight hours a day, but to be able to 
struggle through with their own lettuce? Why should it be so hard? All right. So these two things, to, you know, first of all, one of the big speeches, when Rabbi, when Rabbi always gives a speech, he always says, you know, uh, somebody put uh, the safe of Chavetz and he read through Shmir Salashen, and he came over to the Chavetz and he told him, you know, now I cannot talk at all. Chavetz said just the opposite. Till now, you, could, you, could. you were not able to talk because you didn't know between the bad and the good. But now, you went through the whole safe, and now you can talk already. You know what to talk good, what to talk bad, what to keep yourself... Now you can talk, basically. Mm-hmm. The same right. thing everybody says. You know, if, let's say if somebody brings over a mezuzah to somebody and says, please check me my mezuzah. What is the guy going to answer? I'm not a sofa. I don't understand. What's the big deal? Just open the mezuzah and check it. So you say, no, well, I have to learn it. I have to sit down with Shulchan Aruch, learn for the lochus, learn for what's ups and downs. Then I can check it. The same thing is with bugs. You have to learn basics. Once you learn basics... At least you know something already about bugs. And then some people, they grab it amazingly. They have a good eye, and they can see it in seconds. They can find all the bugs. And some people, amazingly, they don't see anything. And that's a good question. But there is, there is a certain threshold which is considered normal. It can't be that the vision of the, a trained eye of a mashgiach who's been in the field for years and, and has a, a natural feel for it, that it can't be that that's the standard that is necessary because then nobody in the world could ever check their foods because they don't have that expertise. And it's very interesting. Sometimes you see people that never saw a bug in their life. You make a Shema to Badika and you show them, please inspect it for me, and they find all the bugs. Without, you know, much, you know, you tell them the names, you show them the, the, on the images, you show them how the bugs look, and they could take it out when they make it out without any loops, not anything on it. That's, you know, one of the things that's mind-boggling. How come this person can do it and another person can't do it? You know, it's not like he's using microscopes or loops or technology to find the bugs. He's actually using his own mekrai, and some people do, some people don't. That's, you know, that's the, that's the struggling part of B'dikistalayim. Again, first of all, um, we're not, we, don't, we don't need to be able always to spot which is the bug and which is not. My... Balabatish uh, life when I do check, checking, and I have no real official training other than a couple of times I, I went to your programs. But the but basically, uh, I haven't been officially trained. But what I find a little speck, I Baruch Hashem, I have good eyes, and uh, I do see something, and then I remove it. I'm not going to sit there and analyze whether it is a bug and whether I need a loop or don't need a loop. I don't want that thing there because I can see it. Now, when they come to the lettuce, where they're they're light green and the background, so that you have to strain yourself, you know, to make sure that you're you're checking it properly and you watch the folds and all that. You have to you have to do it in 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 a, in a proper way. But once you've done that, I don't. I think the average person is going to find what we'd call a normal sized insect. Now, there may be something that only trained trained mashkichim could see. And that gets always into the area of whether or not that is what Chazal, and with the Torah, and more even so, more even, more even so, Chazal required. Because usually, we, here's how we look at it: if something is called Muchzap which means the majority of times you find a bug in it, then you're required to check it in Torah. If it's only that you find it occasionally enough that it's called significant which we call Mid Hamatsui, then you, you're required to check it, Mid Rabbanin. 
So now, I checking it, let's say, because most of our things are in that level, not muhsik, but toiloyim. And, and there's a whole question of what's called muhsik, how much we're num- the numbers we're using. But let's say we're calling it a drabonadika thing, and I'm looking to the best of my ability, and I'm the same as the average person, uh, you know, the average 10, let's say, 8 out of 10 Jews. I, I think I'm just as good as 8 out of 10 Jews. Now, there may be one person who's a, a big maven, big maven, he's been trained, and there'd be another one who has very, very excellent eyesight. I can't believe that the, the, that the Chazal were only saying you had to have, especially you had, you had to have your eyes, uh, you had to go through the, um, the, the uh, your eyes had to be corrected in order to be able to see the, twi- the, the way the Mashkir sees it. Right, and then some answer I can give you on it is like this. I told Rabbi if you have a company, what are you going to check? Um, you have to have the biggest expert in the world for it. This is what Rabbi Shlomo told Rabbi and I think he printed it in his book, even that. But he didn't the say that right, the, you, can't, you have to marry a, who has gone through the course <laughs> and has passed your no, Rabbi had a different question for him. He, he didn't get to ask him it. If these two companies, what does he do? Um, he said he need to have the big sex, you know. Right, right. And the, 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 second, the, the second thing is, you know, when we had Mishgich in a restaurant, we never want a Mishgich to say, um, let's say when he makes a bedikah, a shmata bedikah, after he strains all the water, he sees a particle, right? So some yeah. people say, okay, I see a particle, I remove it. I see a particle, I remove it. But our Mishgich, and people get trained by us, they should know a difference between a particle and a bug, because right. if they don't know a difference between a particle and a bug, they might, you know, I just checked all my letters and I found like three, four particles. It makes me nervous, so right. I think it's bug. So that's why I can tell you to wash it over again. Then you kill the quality, you kill, you kill, the, whole, you kill the whole lettuce. The whole point is gone almost. Right. Um, that's why. That's why we do train them very well to make sure they know a difference between a, a schmutz, a particle, and an insect. Okay. Rabbi, and, I, I, uh, I, we got to go on to yeah. our program tonight. It's forty-five minutes left, and I want to make sure we get through this material. Uh, okay. so, all right. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to start. With the with with the simple stuff on the top, we're talking about there's the according on this list the bug free tubish. Are you going to email this to anybody, or you don't want to you want to be bothered with? I it? think I think I think we emailed it already out for everybody almost. Um, whoever didn't get it should you know get the uh, email to Cassius Magazine. Probably <laughs> you can me do it again. It. Okay, well, uh, that's what uh, we're going to work towards. I have I'm working towards a program which is going to replace my effort on that. I, I didn't tell you about it yet. But we have something coming up, and in the next few weeks, I hope to be announcing it. Uh, yeah, well, if you want to, you can email oh, but actually, us. Actually, we, we we send out to everybody over. Uh, Oh, a few thousand emails. I understand. Today and yesterday. Yeah, people listening, the, though. People listening. Okay, so then I will volunteer again. All you do is send us an email. Just say on the outside, to Bishvat. I don't care how you spell it. To Bishvat. And if you, and if you, and if, but if you say three, I, I won't know what you're talking about. It's to Bishvat, which is the 15th of Shvat, which is in two days. And then just email that to kashris at aol.com. K-A-S-H-R-U-S at AOL.com, and we'll send you this list. I hope I'll make it by Tubishvat, but if not, you'll at least have it. It's a very, very helpful list. So the, the, there's three sections to it. Um, actually, yeah, three sections. The first section, which is nice, are all those things that don't need anything at all. Just eat them and enjoy them. And Correct. I'm going re- to read the list to you. Apples, Please. including dried, apricots, canned, bananas, Banana chips, Brazil nuts, coconut, whole and shredded, craisins, that's cranberries, esrog 
candied, fruit leather in closed package, uh, hazelnuts, kumquat, or kumquat actually, uh, candied, macadamia nuts, mango, melon, round. I never saw melon. It's not round. Okay. Papaya from abroad. That's uh, fresh, dried, or canned. Passion fruit, pecans in the shell. Pecans sugared, peaches canned, peanuts, pears, pignolias, that's pine nuts, pineapple canned, pomegranate, prunes, quince, imported yellow smooth peel, star fruit, you still have to wash it before you eat it, and watermelon. So that's the list. You'll see it when you get it. And what what I wanted to ask you, Rabbi Goldstein. You can't, you can't honeydew and, honeydew and, uh... Honeydew's a melon. Okay. So I don't. I but I want to ask you a question here. And some of the stuff is that there are things to discuss here, but I'm not going to do it right now. It's interesting, by the way. Pi- pineapple canned because we're going to talk later. The pineapple needs a little bit of a, a deal about how you cut it off. But when the canned pineapple, it's been done properly, and that's the assumption. Now I want to ask you, Rabbi Goldstein. No, no, no. Pineapple canned. Yeah. Pineapple canned. The crushed pineapple can. We do have a problem with it. The dice kind of the dice pineapple can we do have a problem. Well, why does it uh, say it here? It doesn't uh, say it on the, the paper. Pine- I know and the pineapple can the roundish the big round one. I don't know how you call it in English. You you I, you, you, you you're talking about round with a hole in it. it looks like a bagel. Yes yes yeah. yes. This you should rinse before using it. You should rinse it. Yeah, before so, using. So, it. so, and the other ones you don't want us to use. Other ones what? The other ones you don't want us to use. But it says it on the sheet. Uh, crush, the crush and the, the crush and the dice, it's impossible to use, yes. Right now. Wh- the thing wh- is like this. These, yeah. these, um, these are a few brands. A few of them fixed already the problem. A few still have the problem. So they will, we got a little bit caught off over here. Because a few were screaming like, we fixed the problem. You cannot write it's a problem. A few were screaming like, it's still a problem. So what are you going to do? We should have pulled the pineapple so, uh, can. We should have had, had yeah. it here. Okay, but right. so now that's very important. You're telling us that the, we know it says yeah. pineapple can. The answer is at the present time crushed, we're advising you. Crushed pineapple, crushed pineapple has mites and mealybugs okay. in it. Okay. And pineapple dices. Okay. Uh, anyway, yeah. we want us to rinse the pineapple. I don't know. Is there a reason for that? Yeah, because it could be the, in in when the, the way how it works, the machinery over there. Well, we inspect the cans. We found some bugs in these uh, cans. So you would so advise now, people not to drink run. the juice. You would advise people uh, not to not, drink the juice. Uh, I tell them not to drink the juice. I tell them to sift it through the schmatter, the sixty okay. mesh. No, no, most people don't have that. But that, if they would have it, that's fine. I, I, but I want to take you another place. I said we're not going to run out of time, so I'm going to try to do this a little more quickly. What, bar, what I wanted to know about is the fruit leather, because over, there are two places fruit leather is mentioned. One that. Fruit leather that's sold open, you want us to check against the light, looking for an ant or a fly stuck to it. And fruit leather that enclosed packages is okay. Now, I, I mean, I, I'm familiar with a couple of fruit leathers. The kids' one, where it's a one thing, a roll-up, those, that's one thing I'm familiar with, right? It's All like right. a rolled-up thing. And the, uh, there's another one that comes flat and it's very thin, like an apricot. Very, you know, apricot laid out, rolled out, and uh, in flat in a circle, and they have like you know about ten, twenty of those pieces together, and there's a packaging. Is that considered closed package? Yeah, that's considered closed so package. What are, yeah. You, so actually, but these, every, these places you don't see it often over here in our neighborhood. These places where they sell food, food letter without any packaging at all, 
What happens is flies comes to it and they actually stick onto the fruit lettuce. But why should that be any different than uh, uh, dates? Or anything that's sitting out in the open? No, no, no. The dates dates have beetles. Different kind of bug. It comes in the field. No, I understand that. I understand that. But but sitting out and there's big packages of dates in stores. People grab them up in a little with a little uh, shovel and they put them into a basket. They do a paper right. bag. Right, right, true, true. Won't they get also? Won't they also get this? That's why we do say we do say on dates you should cut them in half and put it on the light box or put it on the window by the sun. That's the regular dates, but this but this point here, you're saying that when things are exposed, you might find that the flies have attached themselves to it. So we have to be cognizant. It's very natural when you're going to have any um, fruits or vegetables exposed outside. You can have uh, you know flies to come to the fruit and the vegetable, correct? Right. Now, sometimes sometimes the fruit has a peel, like a banana has a peel, so it's not a problem, just peel it off. And sometimes, if it's just open to the open, then you have to always, of course, to look before you, before you eat it. Okay. Let me, uh, I want to just run through a couple things that I'm interested in here. One is the okay. almond shelled, which is very common, I and mean, we eat that like crazy in our house. So you're mentioning here that we should look for webbing. I've never seen the webbing, but the ho- holes or nibbling that's very important to watch for, especially in low-quality ones. And you said to check right. a certain percentage but the of truth those. Is like, the truth is like this. Almonds here in the United States are pretty good, pretty clean. Mm-hmm. Now, we do fall into a problem by certain lots here and there. It's not too common. It's not you're going to find it. When you buy almonds, most likely they're going to look pretty good if it's uh, good quality. Um, here and there, we do follow. We do fall into these almonds problems sometimes here, sometimes there. And that's why we do mention it because what happens is some people they look under the sheet and they say, "Oh, almonds are clean, okay," and then they find this hole and they call us up and they say, "Well, you told us almonds is clean. How come we found over here, you know, webbing in a hole and found, we found mm-hmm. a worm over here, you know?" Mm-hmm. So that's why we mention it. you should look out for it because it's not hard. It's very easy to look out for it. it shouldn't be too difficult. And most almonds are clean. Okay, now here's one of the things that was the most interesting to me. I don't know what it says in the Hebrew, and I don't know what it says last year, but I know that I wasn't aware of this thing clearly. Maybe I, did, I don't think I was. Now I'm going to read this about blueberries. We heard on this show many times blueberries are an issue. Now it seems there's a difference between frozen and, and fresh. Now the fresh, we were saying that they're very infested and difficult to check, and I think that some of the some of the mashkichim in the in some of these uh, uh, supermarkets are checking, or restaurants are checking them on, and if they're finding them basically clean, then they're then they're doing whatever they're doing and and checking the samples or whatever it is, and they're putting it out. And and there may be that some of those some of the hashkachas uh, are allowing it because they've done some work. I'm not going to get into that topic now, but the frozen is what's interesting to me. It says use only frozen blueberries produced under. Mahadrin Hashkacha. So that's acceptable now? Okay, so the thing, let's go into the, let's discuss the blueberries. In general, people should not touch any blueberries. Why? We have in blueberries four kinds of insects. Scales on top, the blueberry outside. Under the crown, we have mites and thrips. In the blueberry, we have maggots. That's why, in general, we, if you remember, I very quickly send out an alert for all the cautious agencies, for all the cloud, for the public, to let them know blueberries is an issue. Right. How did we get to this point? 
becoming Dubai an issue is because we have Baruch Hashem trained Mashgichim all over the tri-state area by now, and it's growing. And they were doing blueberries when the blueberry season was in in the summer three years ago. And they have found it after one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, up to 13 times to get blueberries cleaned. And then we had made a major, major call out to all conscious organizations and the Mishgichim to look more into it. And of course, we came to the conclusion after this is this is impossible. We cannot deal with such a kind of blueberry. An average person should not use blueberries. Now, very few stores have cached fresh blueberries. The way how they do it is they're taking a chance. That means when you have blueberries, they will inspect it first for the scales. They will make a pre-check before washing. They'll inspect to see if it's infested, if not. And based on that, sometimes they could get a little bit clean blueberries. But very few have it in a very small quantity. Right. That means that means he checks every single day. He found no good, no good, no good, no good. And once in two weeks, oh, they got blueberries. We didn't find too many bugs. We found like three or four bugs per package. So this this package will be washed. After washing, they will three times make a schmatter to inspect it three times. I look also individual on the blueberries to make sure this is clean blueberries. And this is the blueberries, basically what we have for some people with their mac, but they eat blueberries. Now, the frozen part of it, it's complicated because there's so many brands now from blueberries and frozen, like always used to be. Some had recalled at the time their blueberries. Some had did not recall their blueberries. And... Shipments go in, shipments go out. One thing is for sure, the cashless organizations are taking more action now when they make blueberries. That means they do send down mishgichim um, to the fields to make sure it should be a clean field. Now, sometimes they have very difficulty to find a clean field because it costs a lot of money to send down a mishgichim by plane, the fields to inspect. And also, they take high quantity. They could take like 14, 15 containers, how much can one day a mashgich inspect the blueberries? Blueberries are very hard. Shmatabadik is not easy to see. So it does get a little bit complicated. But here and there, it has been small quantities. I don't even know if it reached the States, or maybe a few did reach the States, small quantity of berries. So you again, we got into the argument. We, we're getting we're frozen. So we're getting into the we're getting to the argument with companies. Some companies say, "Well, I had to send down Mamish I paid him so much, so much per day. He checked. This is my report. This is what he found. He's approved Mishgir. You know how can you kill me? You can't kill me. Why are you saying frozen is no good? And the same. The flip side of the coin is some companies they do a little bit. Some companies don't do anything about it. And they sell it in the stores. Okay, so but that's we, why we, 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 we it's had, written, but it's written over here. Mahadru Hashgachas. Fine, but uh, but uh, somebody. Whatever I eat. Now uh, I I really do not want to go into it. What means Mahadru Hashgachas? We don't want to start up with any. Let's say there's one or three, but uh, but uh, I'm not I'm not interested in the number. Right, if I right, hold right. this, if I if I have the the top Hashgachas in America, you're saying to me. You can or you can't use frozen strawberries. Uh, blueberries, I'm sorry. Blueberries. Talk about blueberries. Yeah, blueberries. Talk about blueberries. Talk about blueberries. So we, we particularly talking about the Adach Raiders that brought into the state.
a little bit blueberries. I never this saw it. Yeah, you didn't see it, although it's here. And um, we're particularly talking about them, and they are saying they're doing the right thing in the fields. But you so, right uh, here, wait one second, when you right here, use only frozen store blueberries produced under Hamahadrin Mashkacha, you mean the Eda Chareis that I've never seen? That's but why are we uh, putting this out for everybody? You live in Flatbush. Some people live in different neighborhoods. They see, they see it. It comes around. Comes That's around. Bakeries, bakeries get it, and consumers also in uh, in, in, in neighborhoods get it. And our neighborhood, unfortunately, over here, our neighborhood, they sell blueberries without uh, the Eidus Ashgacha. So, you know. So you're saying that the other in our neighborhood. So you're telling me that even though it says this here. You're, you personally are, are saying that if it doesn't have the Yedach it's not to use it. Yes, I don't, I wouldn't say it's not for me, you know, I have to be very careful because there's a lot of cashless organizations give us on blueberries, uh, but this is one of the reasons why we're having a radio show to discuss a little know, bit but the insights. But I was saying this out, I can't, I, 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 I wonder why, you know, it, it, to me, these two things that we had about the, the pineapple canned and the, and the frozen blueberries, I would never have understood that if we didn't have this show. A hundred percent, and that's why we do a show. And and, and, and and let me tell you about work. When we make this list, we work very hard, very very hard, and it's very hard to come to these conclusions because it's very painful sometimes. Okay, let's go dip cherries. That's a little simpler. Even yes. though there's a discussion here about fresh and maraschino cherries, you know, checking a sample as much as ten percent, which is a lot. See the checking for a worm. On the other side, you say produced in the USA, usually clean. Could I just make that assumption? Okay, so we have to be careful with cherries like this. First of all, all our cherries usually is uh, from the US, the fresh cherries, usually. Yeah. So we should always rinse it before we use it because it could be maybe mites on it or the chimney probably to come down. And we are concerned what we have is really about the worms. In the blueberry, in the cherries inside. Now, all our grandfathers knew from generation to generation to generations, cherries is full of worms. And you go to Ukraine, to Russia, to Israel, right. everybody knows cherries is no good because there's worms in it. So, the way how they used to do it, they used to cut, cut up in half right. and look for the worm, and then they used to rinse it, and then they used to eat it. Here in the U.S., it didn't reach yet, the U.S. We always see new infestation from different kinds of countries. That means maybe one day, Hans it will reach. The U.S. Right now, we're still finding as cherries considered uh, clean, uh, clean of worms. What about Mexico? Now, what about Mexico? Because you know you're familiar with Mexico. Mexico is a, it, a lot of the cherries that meet here. I think are from Mexico. You know, but Wickle, Mexico is a different radio show. I know. I it's a Mexico City. What? <laughs> it's a Mexico City. The the the, the Mexican radio show. I do a lot in Mexico. I go down a lot over there. I try to, you know, to. So I'm asking to, you: Is to, Mexico, Mexico, uh, would that, would, would they, Mexican uh, cherries, would be a problem or not? I did not check Mexico okay. cherries. I only checked the U.S. cherries. Okay. Um, um, if it reaches Mexico, most likely it would be in the U.S. too, because this is a, um, this is how it works basically. It's hard to explain. Um, right now, Baruch Hashem, we don't have a major problem of cherries. We have to every year look again okay. over the cherries to make sure we're not going to get the problem. Now, when you do go to the supermarket, to the groceries, and you buy canned 
cherries, mm-hmm. make sure product of USA, because if it's not product of USA, it could have worms in it. Okay, gotcha. Now let, let, let's go on to grapes. Uh, has grapes changed? According to this paper here... Yes, grapes had okay. changed. No okay. shy. Look. So what's the change about grapes? Change about grapes is it used to be clean. We made a change and we discovered grapes has trips, mites, aphids, and flies in it. Sometimes it's highly, highly infested. Sometimes it's not so highly infested. To see insects on the grapes... You need to have a shmata bedike for that. That means you soak it in water. You spill the water through a 60 micron cheesecloth. You put it onto the light box, and then you see the talayim, the bugs. Because people buy grapes, they look at the grapes, they don't see any bugs. They don't understand what we're talking about. So that's why I explain. But how if we you check did that, then you and let's say you wouldn't find any, or you'd find one and you put it again. If, if if you would be if you know what a mite looks, the trips looks, and the aphids look, yeah. and you do that, then then you're good to go. That's why we do training. That's okay, but that's not what we have here. Check. But that's not what we have here, Rabbi. Right, right. Have most here. people do not. Most people do not get trained. Most people do not. Um, right. Gonna look for the bugs on the, on the grapes. So that's why we're gonna. What we're gonna do is we're gonna make it in small bunches. That means uh, smaller bunches. We're gonna let it soak in soapy water for one time. Agitate it with your fingers. How much time? It. it used to I be. I will I... tell you. I will tell you between three and five minutes, average. Each, each one three. of the times we do it, because you're gonna so, repeat it twice more. Does that I can mean? Re- I, can re- I, can re- I can repeat it. I can repeat it. Give me exact instructions how to do it. Then you take it out and you let it run under the streaming water. Then you're going to have to repeat it the second time without soap. Oh, the second soap, time. Okay, that's important. Second right, is without soap. Right, the first soap. time you should put soap because the soap is going to help. Soap is going to help a little bit to slip off the insects from the first time wash. Most bugs do come off from the first time wash. Then we do a second time in case something was left. That means we do the same thing. We let it soak in water without soap, and then we take the small bunch, let it run on the stream of water the second time. And then we do the final time, the third time, to make sure nothing is left. We let it soak again between three and five minutes of water without soap, mm-hmm. and we let it run on the stream of water, and then we're good to go. Well, that's not what it says here. Then it says, look at a gra- each grape. If you see a dark spot penetrating inside the grape, cut there and check inside for a worm. Right now, um, this is a, this is a, um, certain lots we had found as worms, but right now we're a little confused about these worms. We're not sure yet how bad it is. Well, Baruch Hashem, I think we can still be confident with the method when I told you to see. Now, if you do okay. see a brown big spot, right. then you should take it off and cut it off and see if there's a worm out there, and you should report to us. We have a number between eight. Between eight at nine at night, you take phone calls. It's very important that you see that. You should report to us. Uh, you can call us at uh, 347-504-1244. 347-504-1244 between eight at nine at night. This is when we take questions and shyness, and they should report to us. We usually go and pick it up because it's very important to analyze and to see from where it comes and what could be the issue and how far it goes. We always try to stay ahead of time instead of to be behind the time. Rabbi, I'm going to 
just take a minute off. Uh, my guest is Rabbi David Goldstein from uh, Positive and who has been uh, a wonderful guest all this time and it helped us when we try to work together on the issues of insect infestation. And we're discussing Tubishvat and the different fruits and we have a bug-free Tubishvat uh, chart over here, although we've made some changes on it, uh, adjustments or explained it. But uh, if you, you want to get what's printed, you can send an email to me Kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S, at AOL.com, and we will email it to you. Just write to Bishvat, however you want to spell it. However, I will not, if you call me, I'm not going to do anything at all, because I can't, there's no time for all these things, and only a couple of days left also. So please email us, Kashrus, at AOL.com, K-A-S-H-R-U-S, at AOL.com. If you're interested in some of our programs, uh, insect infestation training with Barry Goldstein, uh, for, for women and for men, different times, etc., you'll contact us, 718-336-8544. And please, if it's a lady, please give us an email address. And you can also eat, uh, send, a, send a text or uh, an email to kashras at AOL.com. Now, before we go on, I'm going to take one minute off, and then we'll join Rabbi Goldstein again to discuss some very interesting things, including the orange juice story, and uh, strawberries and pineapple, and that, does, that should take a lot of it. And then we'll take any calls if there's any time left. Uh, just a moment for uh, a word for, about our sponsor, which is Glotmart, conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M. Uh, Glotmart uh, has been serving the kosher community of Flatbush for 35 years, and uh, they do it in a very, very wonderful way. You could save a lot of money by shopping there where they uh, have a sale every week for about 50 items. You can also save time by coming into their uh, uh, store from the East 12th Street entrance and using their valet parking service, and they'll have the car ready for you to load up with those items you purchase in the store. Although tomorrow I'd suggest that you don't try the car. You don't have to, and I don't think you should walk tomorrow. It's a very, very, it's a very interesting day we expected tomorrow. I think people should be very careful before they go out in the morning, even to shul, and, and make sure that everything is safe because I expect at 13 degrees that they're expecting tonight, a lot of what you see in slush is going to become solid ice, and it could be very, very uh, difficult, every aspect tomorrow. Uh, also, I'd like to uh, mention that at Glatmart, your... Uh, the quality of the meats is A1. You have uh, hashgacha from both the Star K and the Vada Kashas of Flatbush. There you have base Yosef meats and expert Nikor. And at Glatmar, you're getting quality kashras. And also, if you happen to have an opportunity to see Dove in Glatmart, tell him you heard about Glatmart at, uh, on Kashras on the Air over J Root Radio. Glatmart is conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M. And they're very interested in serving you. Uh, I've, over the years, I've had a wonderful relationship with them on a personal basis and a professional basis. And uh, we hope to have them back on the air again. They've been on here a few times already. Now, back to Rabbi Goldstein. Where my guest is Rabbi David Goldstein, uh, who is an expert in the field of insect infestation and who has been training people for many years already on how to find the insects and how to make sure your vegetables are clean and, co- and kosher, bug-free. Now, we're discussing uh, some of the topics of the day, and, I, and I, without further ado, I want to discuss the question of the orange juice. I'm just going to make a little quick statement, and, and uh, I don't want to uh, elongate it. It's going to be very, very brief. In the past few weeks, uh, I've heard 
from several sources that Rav David Feinstein permitted uh, orange juice without uh, any filtering. Uh, why he did it, what is his, uh, whether he did it, I can't tell you. Again, my Rebbe used to say, if you weren't there, you didn't hear it from him, then you don't know what happened. I know, but I spoke to people who are uh, related to him and people who are, who are Dayanim and who people who are, have connections and, and they've reported to me that he was Matir, the orange juice. I don't know if he would say there's no reason to be Machmir, that I don't know. And part of what he said, which is very important for everybody listening to the show to hear, and this I heard from both people, is that the heter that he gave was only based on the information as of now. If things change, he would adjust his uh, psak. So that uh, even if, uh, uh, you know, if, if all things being equal, we're only talking about at the present time. At the same time, I know that Rabbi Vaya and I know that Rabbi Goldstein has been very involved in this, and I've seen some of the insects, and they definitely are insects. No one's questioning their insects. No one's questioning uh, that there is a significant amount of insects. There are other technical things that were being discussed. I don't want to mention it because I didn't hear directly from Rabbi Feinstein. I, did nothing see, I didn't see anything in writing, and therefore I don't think it's fair to discuss. There are swarm that, you know, that he's utilized, but how... What that's really not the the purpose of this show, but I would like to read what it says in Rabbi Vaya's uh, Tubishvat. It says, "Orange juice, advisable to strain juice through a fine mesh strainer. Alternately, when squeezing oranges at home, the orange peel can be cleaned with a metal scrubby and dishwashing liquid before the fruit is juiced." to prevent scales from entering the juice. Then the juice will not need straining. In other words, you've got to remove the scales. This has nothing to do with the psak of Rav of David Feinstein. Even if Rav David Feinstein said you could eat orange juice that you buy in a container, he certainly didn't say that scales are not an insect, and he didn't say that scales, you just forget about them. If there are scales on the, on the fruit, then they are dangerous because that is treif. The, the scale insect is a real bug, and it flies. At least some of them do afterwards. We saw the video, and if you want to need the video, we, we sent it out. So they're really, you can't dismiss the insect. And at least washing, making sure that your oranges, if you're juicing at all, and a lot of people do go to these places that they juice them, and they go over there, and you see that uh, you're paying some money, and he takes a fruit or a vegetable, puts it into a juicer right in front of you. Now, if he isn't careful, then you're mavatalisa lechatchila. You can't be that can't be permitted. So even if Rav David Feinstein said what he said, the issue of scales is not a closed issue whatsoever, and that's it, it's very very significant for our people to understand the difference and to realize that it could be that in the future. If there was such a psak, it may be even changed. The, the wording of Rabbi Vayed, once more, I just want everybody to listen to it. Orange juice advisable to strain juice through a fine mesh strainer. And now we're going to have Rabbi Goldstein explain to us more about this. Um, let's, 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 let me, let me, you're only listing me 10 minutes every weekly, you know, it's unfortunate, we need, you know, we need, we need, we need at least another hour for this, though, <laughs> right? the thing is like this, 
The thing is like this. First of all, you don't forget to mention on the, on the radio show, very importantly, strawberries, fresh strawberries, only by peeling you could use it. That means you buy the big strawberries, not the small ones. You cut the top off, then you take a peeler, you peel around the regular peeler, not a soft peeler, regular peeler, you peel the strawberries, then you rinse it. If you make a hole on top, just cut it in two, and then rinse it again. This is how you can use fresh strawberries. It's the most kosher and the most cheapest strawberries you can get, especially in the summer days, and try to get the big ones. Dried figs. I do not know why they're selling so many dried figs on Tubishvat. Right. Dried figs are so highly infested with bugs. It's called the f- dried fig beetle. And it's very hard to spot it, unless if you know a little bit about bugs. And I don't, I don't still understand when you go into these um, supermarkets and these fancy, like, beautiful places, and they put, they put out so many dried figs. I, I, can't, I really don't. It's mind-boggling how this is happening. And, and uh, 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 the first side of the coin is when you go to Creasure or you go to Williamsburg, you can't find dried figs at all. Nobody buys it. Now, there is some people, they do eat dried figs. They only eat the skin because the mimic of the tradition, they eat the skin, so they eat the skin of it. The skin of it shouldn't be a problem. Just take the skin, you wash it on both sides, and then you eat just the skin. I still don't understand why companies are still so greedy. Why come it's so greedy and they sell this for the consumer? They, they never know saw it, it. Rabbi, Rabbi Goldstein, until I saw it in your presentation, until I saw it, I would never have believed it. I, I mean, you know, I, I, the figs are such that they, they described it in Rabbi Vaya's book, etc. And it was, I always thought it was Israel. And of course, these things are made in Greece. But the point is, we always thought it, it, the dried figs, we could never see these things. Until I saw you showed everybody at the programs, you take you take figs, you put it on the paper, and you squish a little bit, and you showed us. Until that happened, no, I never would have believed it. So I mean, I I think that it's going to take a time till they that's going to open up people's eyes. But please, orange juice, orange juice. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm getting the orange juice now. <laughs> let me let me tell you about the orange juice. <laughs> We put in so many hours and so many colleges into the oranges. Oranges is a complicated issue, no shy little. But I personally do not believe the psychram do with Feinstein because if somebody here in the U.S. is going to present a shy to any godel here in the U.S. or to any godel in its role, you need to have the right people to come over and explain them exactly what is going on in the oranges. They are struggling with an insect that's called the scales. The scales, what's on the peel on the oranges. On the peel on the oranges, you will see black dots. These black dots, if you look good with the loop, you'll see it looks like a, a hurricane. It looks like a, um, it has a, like a, a wax covering on top of her. If you take a knife and you cut off this black dot, you will see under her is a shirt, a bug. They're dealing with this bug and they're trying to discuss if this bug is called a whole shirt, a whole shirt, not a whole shirt, the feeding tube, without the feeding tube, all kinds of um, no, know, ways to figure but, this uh, out. No, let, let's, let's, uh, but between me and you, Rabbi Wickler, between me and you, scale insects is only one of the bugs where we find in oranges. Really? That yes. I didn't know. There's much more bugs in oranges besides scale insects. And what's mind-boggling 
is they go to the Gedolim Yisrael, they go to the Rabbanim, and they present. But, okay, I don't but, know who does it. Okay, I don't know who we, presents we because I didn't go. No, we, I didn't go. Nobody called me up. I didn't go. I don't know who presents it. Presents them a particular bug. I don't know how much knowledge they know even about the bug. So when I hear back, if this Godel said, that Godel said, it could be they said it. I don't know who asked. I don't know who said. I don't no, know who it, it, showed it, it to them. There's very few people here in okay. the U.S., very few, you can count them on the finger, who really know the oranges issue. That's one point. The well, second point I, I, I got, I've, got to, I've got to answer you, because it's very important. Yeah. Now, it, 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 believe it or not believe it, we didn't hear Rabbi David Feinstein say it. No one never spoke to him. I never even heard a person who heard it directly from him. Everybody I spoke to heard it from somebody else who heard it from him. So that's, I told you, my Rebbe said until you heard, so I don't know what he really said. That is true. Correct, correct, but, correct. but I do know of David Feinstein. I asked him Shilas many, many occasions. He is considered the prominent Paisek in the, of the Ashkenaz Litvish community in America. And w- w- what I know about Rav David Feinstein is he, w- he sat on it six weeks and he would definitely not have done it, said what he said, if he said it, but unless he had thoroughly researched it to his satisfaction. Anybody who knows anything about Rav David Feinstein knows that he, he actually doesn't need, I mean, maybe he should have, maybe they, somebody should have contacted you, or maybe whatever, but they, but, 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 they, but one, one second, one second, one second, one second, one second. Yeah. But, but he is somebody who would have done the research himself or sent somebody that he trusted to do research. So I don't think he wasn't basing it on your information or the, the same quality of your information. I don't think that was the issue. I think the issue is, and I'm, again, we shouldn't really talk about this because we don't know what he said, but I think the issue right. is that that he didn't want to pronounce an Esor because uh, because of whatever reason. Okay, but say, correct. Uh, but again, let's don't, don't let's do not confuse the listeners. Right, orange juice has bugs in it. Right, no all question kinds about of it. bugs. No question. All kinds of bugs. For a bonum, I always come down if they're interested. I show them and I explain them how it works. Now, according to Rabbi Vaya and according to the Chazanish and according to Rabbi Shlomo you should take the orange juice and a special 60 micro mesh. That's not the real mesh, but we're supposed to use for orange juice. But meanwhile, we're using this mesh. You can get it by the Wickless office too and sift it through. Now, why are we dealing with the Shaila? Um, of course, you know, some of them have to come up, but some have to because we have to find a zechis. How do you say zechis in English? Well, I don't want to use, I don't want to translate it. It's a hard word to translate here. Ba- basically, yeah. it means we yeah. have to, find, to, we want to find, we want to find a way out. It's very, hard to, it's, very, it's very hard for the community to give up something like orange juice. Unless right. it has to be given up. So that's that's where the you know right. the emphasis. And our focus is the Wickland. Our focus is orange juice to finally, when we're getting closer day by day, to have an orange juice company where we'll stand free of bug insects. Well, we are, and I'm this is our goal. That. Once we have that, I don't think any god will be as true will say you could drink the buggy. Well, maybe they will, but the point is at least at least a, a, a Eurasia Mayim wouldn't have to. Find it as difficult Correct. to, to Correct. conduct themselves on a regular Correct. basis, and I'm sure Correct. the shuls that right now give the regular orange juice, a lot of the shuls would switch over to it. But but it, it, it you know, I, I was thinking, I was thinking, people have yurt site, and what do they give for the yurt site? 
orange juice and herring. Interesting. Even if they don't have the herring, the we, orange juice we, is the we, tr- we try. We try to give something to make a bracha to be a tikkun on the neshama for father, for grandfather. And here we're bringing some be a shaila at least. A shaila is the race, it's the bond, whatever you want to call it. And we have to change our lifestyle, what we have to give for uh, a tikkun. The question is whether it's a tikkun this way. But anyway, let, let, let's do it. So I think call, the tikkun is going to end the tikkun. We're going to run out of time, and I want to just do the give me the best uh, understanding of it, of what Rabbi Vaya meant over here. Okay. Advising. Okay, now, the other... I, 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 we had Rabbi Vaya on the show, and Rabbi right, Vaya now, told now, us... There's a, ha- there's, a, there's a difference between the peel oranges from Etosero and the peel oranges in the United States. The peel oranges in the United States has a wax in it. That's why when you pick up a, an orange or a grapefruit or a lemon, old, um, old citric, uh, citric foods, and has scales in it, it's not going to come off to your hand because it's waxed on. That's why it's shiny. That's just so they don't wax on, so you can pick up a lemon or orange or grapefruit, the scale is going to go right into your hand. That's why you have to scrub it. The metal scrub it to take it off before you're going to squeeze the oranges. Now, if you're going to squeeze in your house oranges, you just cut them in half, make sure you don't cut them in these black dots. You can take a peel and make uh, like a one peel around, one time around the orange, and over there you can cut it in half. Then you can squeeze your own oranges. Uh, if you're going to use like these small commercial orange juice squeezes in, in the supermarket, that could be a problem because the, uh, the pressure, it, it, it squeezes the oranges together with the peel. And over there, it could come out of the works and go into your orange juice. So over there, we need to have a mishgich, like we have already two places in Brooklyn. Over there, mishgich checks, make sure. Or they put in peeled oranges, or they only put in clean oranges to make fresh oranges. Right, that's a, that's what we're trying to say. You definitely have to be that concerned about that. Because that, Correct. even the heter, whatever the heter would have been on orange juice in a container, is not a heter to lechatchila, take uh, the, where, uh, you know skin that has a scale on the outside and just crush it together with the juice, because then you then you um, it's called mavatal iser lechatchila. And says yeah. him in Sadi Tesif, hey, it's an iser an iser and some hold an iser doraisa. So that can't be mutter. Uh, let's try to get some phone calls. Phone calls? There's no time. Unfortunately, there's not. Rabbi Goldstein, we'll have to try to do it again. Do we have any time at all? Nisim said that we have no time at all. So I'm going to again remind everybody, if you would like to get the... Uh, mesh. The, well, the mesh, I don't know. I'm like, okay, they can get the mesh from me. You can get the, uh, I don't really like the idea, but okay, you can get the mesh from me. You can get the, the uh, Tubishvat uh, chart from me. It, you can just, uh, you want to go to one of the courses, either men or the women. So you contact us, Kashrus Magazine at 718-336-8544 or email us at kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S at AOL.com. Rebbe Wickler, thank you very much for having me on the show. Everybody should have a Tubishvat. They should be careful what they eat. And Mizrat Hashem, we be careful what we can eat. We should be zoich to the Gila Shalena. Amen. Thank you very much for joining us, Rabbi Goldstein. Thank you, Rebbe Bye.